Hare Bol, everyone. Hare Krishna. Hare Rama. Uh, welcome to Chit Chat. My name is Kishore Chandra. And uh, we come on here, myself and Jay Jagannath Prabhu, come on here every evening at 6 p.m. And we discuss chit. Yeah, so chit uh, is Sanskrit for spiritual knowledge. And sometimes the chit gets a little stirred up. Um, I think yesterday was one of those days. And so today will definitely prove to be an interesting chit chat for sure. Welcome Kavi, welcome Sid. Hopefully um, our internet is good because it's been a little shaky these past couple of days. Um, so we shall see, we shall see. Welcome everyone. We're just waiting for Jai Jagannath Prabhu. Welcome Shyam, welcome Shahana, welcome Pat, welcome, welcome. And Jai Jagannath is here. Go, It's here, so we shall begin. He's coming now. Hadi. Hadi. The light is bouncing off my big ass forehead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no worries. How goes we, it? It goes, it goes, it goes good. I think uh, it's always nice to have those days of, um, yeah, making, making a concerted effort to practice our sadhana more. So Janmashtami and then um, Srila Prabhupada's Vyas Puja, I was feeling a little bit more serious. Like I need to take my spiritual life more seriously. I know, Kadashi um, is tomorrow. I kind, I kind of told myself that, you know, I used to have this thing that on the Kadashi, I would always up my bhakti game. <laughs> like, for example, like even in our community, it was, at least when I joined, it was a general practice that on a Kadashi, you would chant yeah. at least 25 rounds and yeah, you yeah, do yeah. like extra hearing. And I yeah. kind of fell away from that culture coming to New York and being a busybody. So now I was like, I need to kind of up my bhakti game a little bit more. So I kind mm -hmm. of low-key told Krishna that from here on out on a Kadashi, I would up my bhakti game like I was doing on Jamastami. Um, well, now you've pleasure. made it. Now you've made it public knowledge. Uh, so I know because I really want to <laughs> do it. I mean, there's not there's nothing to it but to do it. Really, yeah. And yeah. Anyway, so and the thing is, you you feel good when you do it. That's the thing. It's yeah, like, you feel ecstatic. You feel ecstatic, and I think that like before you actually do it, you're creating all the excuses, or you're caught up in Maya, or like whatever. But once yeah. you're just like, you know what? Like, I'm going to do it. It feels amazing. Feels okay, really I found a really good statement for our conversation yesterday. I was going to go there because our conversation yesterday was like, oh, we hit some, we hit some, uh, we hit some, some nerves. Spots, some nerves. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was good. Um, I found, I think I found one phrase incidentally today that kind of summed up what I think I was trying to say. And this is a paraphrase of an acquaintance of mine. And he's, he basically said that dignity of life is more important than duration of life. Mm. And that really hit home deep, especially in the context of what we were discussing yesterday. 
Dignity mm. of life is more important than duration of life. And I forget the con. I think the context of this friend of mine sharing was something about vaccines, which I didn't look at because I'm trying to keep away from all these things because it just it just brings your spirits down. It does. Um, but it was like a. I think it was like some sort of anti-vax post or something he has posted, and it has something to do with like aborted babies and it, it's something dark. Uh, and I guess his point was that you know even if the claim is that by vaccinating people we would live longer, what would be the meaning of that if you lived utterly demoralized lives or you were like stripped of certain dignities in the, mm. in the name of living a longer life? And I think that was at the heart of what I was trying to articulate yesterday. Like I that phrasing resonated with me. You know, and that, my way of putting it yesterday it was kind of in jest. That if you're gonna just use the rest of your 80 years to watch Netflix, it better you die now. In front of the deity. <laughs> in front of the deity, deity. <laughs> right. So, and the idea is that what's, what is the value of living a life utterly demoralized and stripped of dignity? And I guess because of, I guess the conspiratorial um, leaning that I have, I always say that I just want everyone to know I do not research conspiracy theories. <laughs> um, I don't like go out of my way to like find out some new alternative understanding of things. I don't. I think it might be genetic. <laughs> my mom and my dad are both like really heavy into conspiracy theories. And I didn't grow up with my dad at all. And I never knew about this side of my mother until recently. So I'm, I'm, so given I hadn't really received it from them culturally, it must be genetic. That's my only understanding. Anyway, so I guess I, I, in the name of protection of life, it appears that we're willing to do away with certain human dignities. Like, and I guess the example I was trying to hint at yesterday, the dignity of like a congregational experience the dignity of like relationships being forced into solitude or isolation in the name of protecting lives. I don't know if that's gonna, that's not gonna be a good strategy in the long run if you wanna live a dignified human hmm. existence. And so I guess that's what I was hinting at yesterday by saying like, what if this is hypothetical and, it, and, and frankly speaking, Although it's a hypothetical, it's easy to imagine this. Imagine that this could happen. Yeah. The government says that perpetual lockdown, for example, and we'll be complete like just that imposition from the powers that be would strip our human existence of a lot of human dignity. Mm, mm. And I don't know if you remember this uh, uh, when Italy, like when COVID was like starting to you know do its um, travel program. <laughs> and it hit Italy really hard. And um, Pornhub stepped in and said, we're going to do, do a favor for Italy. And we give you all free premium porn. <laughs> Wait, I laughed so hard when I saw that article because it, it, it was just like the essence of what I'm trying to say now. Like, yeah. where is the dignity in that? Like, yeah. so you're stuck in your house and you, well, you watch porn all day. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's the heart of what I'm saying. Is it better to, again, qualifying this, not that we should go out of our way to do something foolish in the name of faith or whatever, but at the same time, just as a, a mind thing to think of, something to think about, food for thought. If you have to 
do away with, you know, so many of your, that which really makes us human. Mm. In the name of living a longer human life, mm. would it be worth it at the end? Mm. You know, mm. if you die at the end, what would be the value of, you know, let's say having lived in utter solitude, keeping myself away from, you know, the congregational experience and so on. And then what happens if the powers that be, you know, says something like, we have to shut down the internet, you know, so now you're isolated and you're going to legit, like, for just for example. So uh, anyway, that's the thrust of my phrase. I, I'm sure you have a lot of things that you were thinking about up to mm -hmm. this point, but I like that phrase. Dignity of life should ideally supersede duration of life. Mm. It is more important to live a dignified, in our sense, a dignified devotional life than it would be to live for a long time. Mm. Like, who cares about living long? Trees live for a long time, too. What is that life? Mm. Jagadish Hari, a while above, said T-shirt. And I think this is a new T-shirt. It can be like dignity of life and then the greater than sign, duration of life. It could be a more, it could be a more serious T-shirt, less funny, but like, I like it. We have to get yeah. this T-shirt store running. We have well, to, say, we have to... say it's gonna start working with us. So yes, it's, it's, it's in the, it's in the, it's, um, in the subtle, it's in the subtle stages of development. <laughs> yes, because there's so many T-shirt ideas. Um, I'm hearing so much, so much is coming up for me when you're speaking because I think it did hit a nerve with some people yesterday in regards to like families and protection right. and protecting their children and all like this, you know? And I mean, personally, the whole conspiracy uh, theory things that you were speaking about it, uh, speaking about just now, I also grew up in a very similar way where I, I for one, do not at all ever look at conspiracy theories but i was raised in a way like just from my family i was right. raised in a way was like don't believe anything right right right. paranoia like totally don't paranoia. don't believe the government <laughs> don't believe the like my parents are immigrants to the united states don't believe the united states don't believe the police officers oh those those people over there they're gonna hurt you you know like that's, right, that's right, right 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 and like so i was always a little bit cautious as i was always specifically cautious towards like mass, um, you know, mass accepted things for truth. Like people that are just like, like when something is just kind of just like, yep, this is what we're doing. Or like, yeah, right. I was always kind of just like, I don't know about right. this. Just like, where's, kind where's of, the room for the healthy skepticism? You know? Yes, yes. And so anyway, we don't need to go down that slippery slide right. of like, you know, <laughs> you, you have to, no, you don't, yes, you do, whatever, whatever. Because right. I think it is, um, unfortunately, it has become a very politicized issue in the right. United States specifically. So we don't need to go there. Right. However, however, something I will say is that, I mean, our, our attachments to our children and to our parents and to our brothers and sisters, I'm just, you know, I'm gonna say this, are based on if they go well, you know? Like, I'm just gonna be very clear with that because <laughs> Right. Because there are so many families that are that are torn apart by their by by forces by forces outside of their control and then also by by their own hands. You know? Okay, so even on that thread of thought, though, someone may say, "Let's scratch the family part aside." The okay. the ar the argument, as it were, is that we have to do these things as a proper citizen 
showing concern for the other humans around us. That's generally how the argument goes, you know. Yes. And, and in devotee communities, we add that little edge of that's what it means to be compassionate and all that. We throw in a little bit of extra, you know, flowery language or whatever to say it is an act of compassion <laughs> and it is an act of, you know, just humanity that you follow these stipulations because it, it will allow for the greatest amount of protection for the people. Yeah. And I, I see that logic. I mean, I, I see that. I, I understand that logic. I do. But like, since we're, we're very much kind of like skating on the political versus the, the spiritual, right. I feel like I would be a lot more willing to accept that logic from a government that wasn't in shambles, you know, right, like if, right, if right. I was living, in, if I was living in South Korea, and I saw that the government had their shit together, and they were just like, yo, we're gonna test every single person here, you got to wear masks for like, one month, two months max, and, right, it's, right. and it's just going to be crazy for these two months, and boom, 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 done. You know, right. like, oh, okay, I, you, you got your shit together, so I'm going to oblige, you know? Right. But in the United States, like, the United States is a circus right now, you know? It's like <laughs> the, ma the masks have become such a politicized issue. It's like everything. you have people, everything, Every little everything. Thing. So yeah. I'm kind of just like, I mean, personally, I was just like, I got to get out of here. And I did, you know, <laughs> I, I did. And I'm in Ecuador, my motherland, and I'm here and it feels a lot calmer here. You know, in Ecuador, quote unquote, a third world country, it's doing better than the United States, you know? So I'm just like, okay. Jagadish Haris, sorry to cut you off, bro. Yeah. Jagadish Haris saying something that I, I love it with a lot. Truth is yes. the greatest compassion. Yes. And I guess what's been hard for me, like on the side of like, we have to show compassion to our fellow humans and therefore we should apply to these certain stipulations that are being imposed by the government because it's actually showing concern and compassion. For the, the problem that I've struggled with since the beginning of COVID and this, and this sort of tension that comes up in my heart is that what is the value of compassion if not based on truth? Mm. And unfortunately, I mean, as the saying goes, the path to hell was paved with good intentions. Yes. Or you could say with compassionate intentions. So in order for compassion to be substantial and potent, it has to be based on truth. And at the crux, and we've brought this up so many times on Chit Chat, but it never really gets old. At the crux of the issue is that it's very hard for the general person, layman, to understand the truth of what's actually happening on the conventional level. But it's very hard to make out what's actually going on. And, and, and people, on the one hand, you know, you have people saying we have to follow these things because it's, and they have a point. On the other hand, you have your more tinfoil hat wearing individual who's got a point too that governments are co-opting. This is a historical thing they do. They do tricks in order to subjugate it. So then when you're not able to find out what the truth is, you can't apply an informed compassion. Yeah. It's just like more of a, a sentiment, maybe a socially um, esteemed sentiment, but it's more or less a sentiment. And so for me on a personal level, not knowing the truth of things conventionally makes it hard for me to embrace, you know, not, not right to be honest, I don't have a problem like wearing masks and all this. Things. I do that when I go out and so on. But I'm just concerned that as these things get more like, at what point do we say as humans, no? Mm. Like this, y'all taking it too far. Y'all mm. like, we're losing our dignity. Like, because another, not. 
Another point that I wanted to bring up, which it just came back to me, is this dignity point. And at what point, like exactly what you're saying, at what point do we kind of stand up for ourselves and say right. no and kind of rally? Because I mean, like, okay, I'm just going to take it there. This whole thing started like from some crazy live animal market, you know? And it's like, here we are trying to be like, I mean, not we, but like people in general, are, like trying to have some semblance of dignity but it's like they're eating all of this meat that like comes from awful, 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 terrible places, you know, in the United States. And I'm kind of just like, what's the use of all this like political hoopla if like at the end of the day, you just want to go back to your quote unquote normal life so that you can just keep on doing the same undignified practices, you know? Right, 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 right. It's like, so I can enjoy this farce. And I, I, right. I feel like, I feel like I really like what Sid just said. Because, again, like you said, this is coming up. The truth, the truth, the truth, which was mentioned. Sid is saying Kshatriyas, the government, are the people entrusted with the ability to force others to do what they want. It's, yeah, when, yes. when the time calls for it. If they aren't speaking truth, it is a failed state. Yeah. And it's just like, it's that simple. Like, yes. it's that simple, everyone. And I just think, like, I don't know. It's very... Okay, let's let's stop. Because I feel like my political... Engines like revving up and raining in, raining in, raining in, because this is coming from a genuine concern. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to like start a pot right now, which is my usual love. No. It's like but a I genuine think, feeling in my heart. Like it's yeah. a genuine tension. I think that I think at the end of the day, what we maybe are trying to say, we've we've said this on chit chat before, is that like the external world outside of us is obviously in many ways and it has become so clear to us through COVID, it is out of our control. You know, it is, sorry, it, it is out of our control. And if it is out of our control, I can, of course, I can try and do what I need to do. If I think I should vote, I'm gonna vote. If I think I should be a part of a social justice rally, cool, I'm gonna go do that. But at the end of the day, I am here with myself and my relationship with God and my relationship with Krishna. Like that, that's what it all comes back to. Like, what is my relationship to Krishna? What is my bhajan looking like? Is it being distracted by my, you know, sometimes like overly aggrandized efforts to like save the world or do the right thing or like this, like getting involved in this side of the duality or getting involved in this side of the du duality. And at the end of the day, it's very distracting, you know? It's extremely distracting from, as, as bhaktas, as Krishna bhaktas who are trying to practice this, it's extremely distracting from our bhajan. And I like what you mentioned at the beginning, that it's, it's causing us to have, yeah, our sangha is such an important part for our, for our it's a lifeline, really, when it comes yes. to bhakti. So if that's taken away from us, it's like, it's very difficult. I'm so many, so many. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying everything. Okay, Jagadishari is saying you are born alone and die alone. I actually like this point quite a bit. I also, um, there's a verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam, I, I like to reference it. Sixth Canto, Chapter 1, it's the Yama Dutas, the order carriers of death, speaking to the Vishnu Dutas, mm. you know, Krishna servants. And anyway, at one point, the Vishnu Dutas are explaining how the jivas are struggling alone in the ocean of material elements. So, you mm. know, for those of you, anyway, I'm not going to go into detail, but the, the material world is composed of the elements of Pakriti, 
which includes the manas, the mind, these um, knowledge acquiring senses, mm. the working senses, the mahabhutas, earth, water, fire, air, ether, um, buddhi, ahankara, chitta. So there are 24 elements. And the uh, amalgamation of these elements is the body itself that we use to navigate the material world. So anyway, the Yamadutas, the order carriers of death, they say that the jivas struggle alone in the ocean of material elements, this material mm -hmm. world. And the analogy that Prabhupada gives in the purport, I've mentioned this in Chit Chat way early on. It's an amazing analogy. Yes, where, yeah. Where he says, he says, it's just like drowning in the ocean. If you're drowning in the ocean, even if you're surrounded by all well-wishers who are also in that ocean with you, no one can help each other. Like, no matter how much they're well-wishing and would like to do good, no one can really do good for each other in that ocean. Only someone who is, like, in a boat and who can bring you out of the ocean can do good for you. So in a similar way, the um, Yamadutas are saying, so the souls actually struggle mm. or enjoy and suffer alone in this material world. This is Jagadish Hari's point. Mm. And as such, it will behoove the conditioned soul to turn his face towards Krishna, mm. um, knowing that this is a situation. All right, that's one point. Mahapuri's got a really interesting question here. Why are yeah. people so quick to blindly follow trends? What is the anecdote for this from the standpoint of bhakti? <laughs> Why is the tribal mentality so easy to slip into? Yeah, I mean, Sid says tribal mentality stems from identifying with the body, yes? Absolutely. Yes. Um, what is the anecdote of this from the standpoint of bhakti? <laughs> well, you I, brought, up, you brought yeah. up this ver this verse before, which we've mentioned quite a few times here about Krishna kind of, like Krishna's energy entering into the into the hearts of philosophers and, you know, thinkers or whatever in this world and kind of like endlessly causing them to disagree with each other, never being able to come to a conclusion in the material world. And I think that that's part of being in the material world, if I'm understanding that verse correctly, that if we're mm -hmm. going to, if we're going to consistently be on that material platform trapped by the three gunas, then we're never going to come to a conclusion. And that's just it. So in never coming to a conclusion, tribes will be formed like Sid is saying we are identifying with the body and so there'll be the people that are on this side and there'll be the people that are on that side and if we don't basically you know i like the drowning uh the drowning kind of idea if i'm trying mm -hmm. to group myself with the people of drowning that are drowning it's like I'm, you're gonna drown you know i want to i want to yeah. look at it a little bit more metaphysically Ooh, go for uh, it. there's this word that comes up a few times in the bhagavatam Guna Pravaha. Mm. And the word Guna Pravaha means the waves of the Gunas. Mm. So going along with this analogy of being dropped in the ocean, the Jiva is sometimes compared to a person who is being pushed by different waves of the Gunas. So the Gunas are moving that direction, then you move that direction. They move the opposite direction, you go the opposite direction. Mm. So as long as one is moved by the waves of the Gunas, then they are, or let's say not as long, we are moved by the ways of the gunas and we are more or less in a helpless condition. And so spiritual life as a principle is teaching, intends to teach souls 
how to rise above the influence of the gunas. Mm-hmm. So unless we rise above the influence of the gunas, then we are subject to its influences and its various manifestations in the mm-hmm. um, conventional world. So when you see like a trend, a trend is something, you know, we even use the word, it goes viral and so on. That means it's a passionate guna. And it's attractive. And if we're under the gunas, the tendency is to be moved by that particular guna of nature, whatever it is. And so as a principle, the only way to rise above trends is to really rise above the gunas of mm. material nature. And that is, in one sense, that is the, um, I, not the purpose of spiritual life. I want to say that's the score of the, one of the first major thresholds to cross over in the development of even bhakti is crossing over the influence of the gunas. They, we have a term for that in our bhakti traditions called nishta, which means stability. Uh, stability means that through your bhajan, your worship of Krishna, your sadhana, you've extinguished mm. a good majority of the anartas inside, which are based on the gunas of nature. And so after rising above that, you attain nishta stability, which means you can't really be moved by external anything, mm. circumstances. You're only moved by your own thoughts and Krishna consciousness and so on. Mm. So basically... Yeah, unless we've done the work of extinguishing those anartas, we are subject to all sorts of influences. Like I see even now, like I'm even looking at myself, like I said, I have more of a conspiratorial bend to my my thinking. Mm. Uh, but I noticed that like because of that, I'm inclined to get swept up by a wave of alternative understandings of things. You know, and frankly speaking, the alternative understanding of things is also nonsense. Mm. You know, it's just like a different type of nonsense. Mm. Or you get swept up by a more popular thing, and that's another type of nonsense. Mm. So this is going on in the material world. So unless we rise above it, so this verse is there, Mam chayo bhakti sevate. Unless we rise above the gunas of Pakriti through bhakti sadhana, mm. then yeah, we're basically subject to all this manipulation of the material energy. Mm. I think, um, I think Jaya, you should, because uh, it's come up so many times here where we've spoken about Anartha Nivruti and we've spoken about Nishta. We've spoken about kind of being caught in the, in the dualities, like something, I like Kavi's mentioning this about the external and internal life and how to kind of balance it, how to harmonize our external lives with our internal desire to be of service to the Lord. And then also, how do I harmonize my external life with my nasty internal desires that exist within <laughs> my heart? Like, let's be real. Right. And, and I think, uh, you know, there are very much stages of bhakti and there is like a very nice scientific explanation of this. And so I don't know, I don't know what your progress is, Jaya, but I think you should definitely be doing this course soon on the Madhurya Kadambini. I'm, well, I'm talking to, um, Doyle on Monday. Okay, good. So I can like say, all right, I'm ready to get back in the game because I've been okay. like, I've been sleeping on it. For You've a been few sleeping months, so. because I just bring that up because I remember when I was, and I, I still am, but now I have that, you know, that that knowledge. 
Um, I remember when I was very much feeling like back and forth and this anartha and that anartha and I feel like I have nishta and steadiness for just a moment and then boom, no, I don't and like this. And I was I was I was losing it. I was like, what's what's happening? And this is and and this was like right after I got initiated too, because like the two months after I got initiated, I was like, da, 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 da. Yeah, I was like, fly. everything was like perfect. I was flying. I was like, woo, the spiritual world. And then like after those two months were over, it was like, bam, 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 right. bam. And I remember you suggested I read the Madhurya Kadambini, and that book gave me so much understanding of the stages of bhakti, kind of like how we make progress onto the next stage, like what we need to do. And so it would be really nice because I think that I've seen a lot of those questions come up. Well, how do I, how do I deal with my narthas? How do I get past this stage? How do I find steadiness, you know? And it's all there. It's all there yes. in, our, in, our, in our literatures, in the literatures of, of, the, of our philosophy. But we just have to apply them, you know? That's the hard part. <laughs> yes. I guess if I had to come to a conclusion, this, uh, I think this will be a tension that continues, the tension that we brought up in the beginning, dignity versus duration of life. It's yeah. a sort of, as long as we're on the Bali concept of life, we'll always tend to give the edge to duration of life. Mm. Um, because that's just the nature of identifying with the body. One of the effects of that identification is called abhinivashita, which basically means the fear of death. Yeah. So as long as we're attached to the body, we will always give predilection to duration over dignity. And yeah, you, we can see that play out in so many ways in movies and maybe in your own life experience that one is prepared to do a lot of horrible things to live. And um, that's kind of just the way that it, the, that cookie crumbles. Mm. And I guess if we really want to talk about maintaining dignity, uh, yeah, it always comes down to this. This is why this is one reason why Christian consciousness is so annoying, to be <laughs> honest, because it always comes down to this one point. Like you got to go beyond the body concept of life. Like, and we in our community we we use that like a broken record, but it's really like the truth, like. A lot of these issues can't really be resolved, um, at least comprehensively. Maybe you can do some uh, patch-up work, but you mm. can't comprehensively solve these problems and simultaneously be ignorant. <laughs> it's like we want to be ignorant and also have solutions to our issues. Mm. And yeah. I, that's just not going to work. I think it's so interesting because I feel like it always, it, I, I feel you. Yes, it is very annoying, especially when you go through a, a, like a, a reversal or like Krishna comes to slap you in the face. You know, he's like comes off the altar. He's like, bam, right. you really you really realize in those moments. It's like, God, I just like this. This bodily concept of life is the issue. Like this is the issue. But I think that on a daily I can speak for myself on a daily on a on the daily we're trying to bargain you know, we're trying to be, well, like, I'm Krishna conscious and I'm a bhakti, but just, just a little bit of sense gratification. Forget you know, bargaining. Like, I'm like, I'm doing this. Sorry. <laughs> Deal with it. Krishna. Yes, there's that. I think bar bargaining when you're trying to be sincere. Sincere, you know? right. You, you know, when you're just, Krishna, da, 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 just a little bit. And then when you're having un insincere moments or whatever, you know, you're just like, I'm just going to straight up do this. The right. end. But I think that, that that is ultimately the issue because 
you know, we, uh, our philosophy is, is, a, is a metaphysical, esoteric, beyond the body philosophy. And it's like, right. I, I remember us bringing this up in chit chat a few days ago about like, are we really embracing that reality of our philosophy? You know, because it can be scary. It can be scary, the unknown. It can be scary to be like, you know, going beyond the body, what? Or like all these ecstatic, you know, symptoms of bhakti. Like, I don't know about that. I'm going to be over here sipping my kombucha, you know, whatever. I, I'm <laughs> laughing at um, Adele Hall, 79. I love your transparency, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> better my stuff hang out. <laughs> it's good to be transparent, for sure. But yeah, I think it comes down to that for sure. Mm. So, you know, I, one final thing here, some final thoughts for me is that um, there's this nice verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam describing Shukadeh Goswami. He's the speaker of the Srimad Bhagavatam, but he was an impersonalist before he was a devotee. Yes. And he became a devotee by hearing the, the sound um, describing Krishna's qualities. And after hearing those verses, he came to learn the Bhagavatam from his father. Mm. So there's this very nice verse describing his state of consciousness and how he was pulled away from the bliss of self-realization to the higher bliss of bhakti by hearing the Shema Bhagavatam. Swasukana Vritachetas Tavyutistana Bhavo Pyajituruchira Lila Krishna Saras Tadiyam. So this verse is describing Swasukana Vritachetas means Shukadeva Goswami, he was situated in Swasuka. Swasuka means the happiness of one's own self. Mm. This is also sometimes phrased as Brahmananda, the mm. happiness of Brahman. Tavyu Bhava. He had no awareness of anything else. Because mm. that, that's kind of the nature of happiness as a generic point. Happiness tends to make you oblivious to even suffering that's around you. Like when you see people happy in Lower East Side after partying, they walk past so many homeless people or something. Mm. They don't care anything. It's kind of the nature of happiness. So he was Tabu Bhava. He had no awareness of anything else. A P. Even though that was his situation metaphysically. Um, so this verse is very interesting. His saras. So the word sara means essence. Mm. Sometimes the devotee is called sarangi. Or like a bee, because a bee takes the essence of the flower, right? Mm. So the word sara means essence. So his essence, the essence of Shukade Goswami, and our acharyas describe that his essence means his absorption in Brahmananda. That was his essence. Mm. So I kind of took from that comment that our essence is that which we're absorbed in at the end of the day. Mm. And it is our absorption that dignifies us or demoralizes us at the mm. end of the day and unfortunately because of external circumstances we tend to feel pushed into a position of demoralization by allowing ourselves to become absorbed mm. and, you know and the lower things which includes mm. covid and back and forth bickering and all of this is lower level absorption it causes the demoralization of the spirit so his essence was pulled away a Krishna means like gravitational pull, attracted to the tasty leelas of Krishna. Mm. And so, so I guess at the end of the day, it's about changing the essence of who we are by changing the nature of what it is that we're absorbed in. Mm. And it is that absorption that will elevate or denigrate us. And 
Um, what was yeah. that thing? What I'm, was using that? That, I'm using this as a reconciliation by saying like, hey guys, stay at home, do social distancing. <laughs> but you know, it depends on, at the end of the day, it depends on what we're absorbed in. Yes. That's going what was, to, yeah. What was this quote that you put, put on your Instagram recently? I really liked it about like, Remember the one maybe like two days ago? Not not Prabhupada, not the movie. Uh, yeah, it was from James Allen. This, yes. From this book, As a Man Thinketh. That's a really great book, by the way. As a Man Thinketh. Basically, anyway, so the quote was saying, uh, men do not attract that which they want, but that which they are. Mm. And a lot of the thrust yes. of the book is you are what your thoughts make you. Mm. So if your thoughts are low level, you're going to be a low level individual. That's just the way that you know, cookie crumbles. And if your thoughts are elevated, you'll be an elevated individual. So changing mm. the nature of our thoughts, the challenge of the modern situation is that we have access to all the world's garbage at any mm. given moment. So it has a tendency to cling onto our psyche and drag our thoughts. It's just like this image we get. They say like, um, but when I've heard different cultures describe this differently, but basically they were transferring some crabs from one location to another part of the world. And someone who was transferring the bucket of crabs on the boat, he noticed that there wasn't a top on the crabs. And so he asked the person, let's say Indian, because I've heard this Indians say this quite, well, how come you have not put top on the crabs? They will escape. And uh, they said, no, no, these are Indian crabs. As soon as one crab tries to get out, the other one grabs and pulls him back down. <laughs> and I've heard, I've heard other cultures say the same story. So in a similar way, these crabs of these various material vibrations that we allow ourselves to indulge in, they basically cling onto our psyche and just drag us down. And so it's very interesting. So our thoughts, our, our thoughts become low level and then we become a low level individual because of it. Mm. So we have to, right now, in one sense, especially because we're in isolation with iPhones, which is a really terrible thing in one sense, it's a war with our, it's a war to win back sovereignty over our thoughts. Yes. And it's a war, I'm losing that war. <laughs> I'm going to bust it up. You know, some days I'm good, like Jamasumi. That's the one day <laughs> during too. the four months I was like, I was tight. I was tight. I was like, no one can touch me. I'm on fire. And then the next day was Parapaz Vyas Puja. I was still doing good. Today, I'm like, eh. And my thoughts are just like, got you. Pop up. Busted me up. So it's really, a, it's, a, it's a war to win over your sovereignty over your thoughts. Because your thoughts will make you a certain type of individual. And then whatever you are, you'll find yourself in certain situations, attracting certain sort of energy. And um, so, yeah, I, I guess I feel a little bit reconciled in the heart. I, I'm still pressured. I feel pressure inside. Like, because, mm. again, it's just that conspiratorial tendency that makes me feel uncomfortable with things. But at the end of the day, it's, it's about winning back your thoughts in mm. whatever situation you're in. I love that. I think that's a nice, a nice place to, to kind of put a pin in it for today. Like give it a, uh, you know, win back sovereignty over your mind and, uh, you know, what are you absorbed in? I think it's really nice. Um, thank you everyone for your beautiful comments.
comments and for your participation. I know that there was like a lot of questions today that we didn't get to all. So maybe we should do another Q&A session oh, soon, Jaya. We said we were going to do it. Let's do it tomorrow. We keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. Okay, let's do it tomorrow. So tomorrow, let's do a Q&A session. I realized that for that, all we have to do, like you just have to think of your questions and then we just use this little question mark button at the end and then it turns it into a Q&A set, like it turns it into a Q&A session. I don't so, see a question mark button. That must be on your side then. Cause you you're don't the see host. I see, don't, the, I see a send thing and I see this like happy smiling face thingy. No, yeah, there is a question mark button. Someone just sent me a question. See, oh, look, really? Sham, Sham just did this, like this. See? I don't so see then it. Am I ret I'm retarded, you guys. I'm sorry. I'm like tech dumb. Like this. Jagadish Hadi. Okay, well, the audience knows, so that's what's important. Wow. <laughs> so then that way we can put the questions up on the screen and everyone. Um... Oh, Kavi says that your Instagram might be like an old version, so you might need to uh, update the Instagram. God, dude. What an imposition. Upgrade, yeah. upgrade, upgrade. So tomorrow, everyone, I'll make an Instagram story about it. But tomorrow we'll do Q and A. Um, and then one last thing is that um, Sid is reminding me, just in case you all don't know, uh, the chit chat is now being uploaded on SoundCloud and Spotify every day. So if you ever miss an episode or if you need to backtrack, they're all there. And they have nice little titles and you'll kind of know what they're about. So we're starting to get our shit together. It's okay, on SoundCloud, Spotify, we're gonna get this whole t-shirt situation worked out shortly. Nice. Um, but anyway, thank you everyone for, for being with us through this entire quarantine pandemic. We're all so grateful to you and the sangha that, that you give us. Um, this has been a grounding force for both me and Jai Jagannath. We've spoken about it so much. So it's, it's awesome. Tomorrow we'll do questions and answers. Yes. And, yes. Uh, and it'll be fun. And um, <laughs> yes. So we'll see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. everyone. Hare Krishna. Hare Bo. Hari Hari.